Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. turn to the book of Joshua. Just such an vein this morning, I think I'll just keep on preaching that sermon. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Someone said you already preached two sermons this morning. Okay. Touche, touche. <clears throat> Amen. Joshua chapter number 10. Joshua chapter number 10. Amen. going to read a few verses of scripture. My voice is just a little bit down. Amen. From this morning. I'm going to blame it on Sister Cox. I shook her hand this morning. and She said, don't do it. And I said, I'm not afraid. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Joshua 10, verse number, verse number 16. The Bible says, but these five kings fled, hid themselves in a cave at Makeda. It was told Joshua saying, the five kings are found hid in a cave at Makeda. Joshua said, Row great stones upon the mouth of the cave and set men by it for to keep them. Skipping down to verse 22, somewhat of a lengthy reading, but doing this for your benefit to wrap your mind out. This is not necessarily a real common story, maybe that people just know or are very familiar with. Then said Joshua, Open the mouth of the cave and bring out those five kings unto me out of the cave. And they did so and brought forth those five kings unto him out of the cave. The king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, the king of Eglon. The Bible says, and it came to pass when they brought out those kings unto Joshua, that Joshua called for all the men of Israel and said unto the captains of the men of war, which went with him, come near. Put your feet upon the necks of these kings. They came near and put their feet upon the necks of them. Joshua said unto them, Fear not, nor be dismayed. Be strong and of good courage. There's the same verbiage from this morning. Be strong and of good courage, for thus shall the Lord do to all your enemies against whom ye fight. And afterward Joshua smote them and slew them and hanged them on five trees. They were hanging upon the trees until the evening. It came to pass at the time of the going down of the sun that Joshua commanded. They took them down off the trees and cast them into a cave wherein they had been hid and laid great stones in the cave's mouth, which remained until this very day. Five kings hid in a cave. Joshua hears word of it. He has stones rode on it to keep them trapped, but that's not good enough. He brings them out, has the commanders and captains of the army put their foot on their necks. The greatest form of subjection. But then he kills them and then takes the dead bodies and hangs them on a tree. And then, that isn't it, takes those dead bodies and puts them in the cave and seals it up. Tonight, my title is Lone. Brother Zach said we might need two slides in order to fit that. I want for a little while to minister this. I'd rather have a skeleton in the closet than a king in the cave. Now, 
I use the skeleton in the closet because that's a term that we all can identify with. If I were to say it for their generation, it would probably be, I'd rather have a skeleton in the cave than a king in the cave. But for us, I'd rather have a skeleton in the closet than a king in a cave. Hallelujah. Let's ask God to help us for the next little while. Father, I come, Jesus, to you tonight. Asking, oh God, for your help. I'm asking God for your favor, Lord, here in the next few moments. God, that you're able to minister, Lord Jesus, in this house. You're able to speak, Lord God, to this grouping of people that have gathered here tonight. I pray, oh Lord, the anointing of your spirit, God, will fall into this place. God, I pray, oh Lord God, that you're able to anoint God, my vocal cords and my voice. God, to be able to speak, Lord God, with clarity, Lord Jesus, and with unction, Lord Jesus, in this place. God, I do not want to fail you, Lord God, in this regard. Mark every error, Lord God, from my mind. God, let these words, God, be the words of heaven. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray, amen and amen. The church say amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight in Jesus' name. I'd rather have a skeleton in the closet than a king in a cave. As the story would go, it's basically this. If we were carrying on just a little bit today in the book of Joshua, as we have done thus far, we started in chapter one, now we're in chapter 10. But the story of the book of Joshua is the nation of Israel taking conquest over the land that God had promised them over the land that God said would be theirs. And so with perhaps a little bit of intrepidation, but also with a word from the Lord, they go forward to do just that. They enter the land. It's not long that they are marching around the walls of Jericho to see them fall flat on the seventh day, the seventh time around to receive totally victory over that new founded adversary within what they are now calling their land a promise. From Jericho to Ai, also at first suffering defeat, but then going forth victoriously and once again coming forth with, if you will, the prize of new land gained and another victory to put into their, uh, their, 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 their closet of victories, if you will. They were taken by uh, subtility and taken by deceit by those of Gibeon who came to want to make alliance with the children of Israel. And uh, whenever this deceit was found out, they just took the Gibeonites and made them basically slaves, hewers of water, uh, hewers of wood, rather, and getters of water. And so they just made them slaves. Well, it didn't take long for uh, the reverberation of what was happening in the land of Canaan to reach kings and people far and wide. They are beginning to become somewhat worried over this concept and idea of the Israelites invading their land and seemingly... Everywhere they're going, they are having success. Everywhere they're going, they are coming out and they're being victorious. Not only that, the Gibeonites, Gibeon, which was a very royal city, the Bible says, are now in cohorts, if you will, with the children of Israel. And so these five kings, which were known as the kings of the Amorites, decided that they were going to get together and before the Israelites could come to them, that they were going to go to them. 
before the Israelites would be able to form their army to come and battle against these each individual kings, they were going to form a conspiracy, as it were, a confederation among the five to go and with hope that they would overcome this nation of Israel that was invading their land. And I would just like, as a side note, to tell you tonight that you no more ever get the attention of your adversary whenever you start making war toward him. Uh, you start having advances and you start making some spiritual successes, you better believe that the head of the adversary is going to rear his head and check out what's going on. Uh, awry for him it, it's no different than whenever Paul they made the fire on the island called Melitans they gathered wood and the Bible says there's a snake that came up and fastened its hand because the heat started to turn up and it made the snakes uncomfortable and so whenever you start making spiritual advances uh, amen towards your adversary you better believe you're going to have the full attention of your adversary and the full attention of hell so to speak and so it is by no great surprise that these five kings are making a confederation a conspiracy against Joshua and the children of Israel the Bible says that they set the battle in array against them and they are going after them it's in this that we read about that this is when we had the longest day we ever had in the history of the world whenever Joshua asked that the sun would stand still which is to be interpreted earth don't move and, and he had this length of time to do battle against the adversary and annihilate them well it's in the process of all of this that the Bible says that these five kings that were rulers over these people that were commanders over these groupings of armies that they went and they hid themselves in a cave everybody say a cave a cave there is nothing any more secret for their culture and their day than a cave as a matter of fact whenever we see the children of Israel are being bombarded by the Midianites the Bible says that they resorted to dens and they resorted to caves. We see even David in his life of being a fugitive from King Saul that he and his ragtag army and grouping of people off time found a place of peace and security in a cave because there was nothing any more secretive than a cave. So we have these five kings that are retreating to a cave, the, the most secretive place that they could be, uh, the best place they could be. If they didn't want to be found out, the cave was a great option. If they didn't want to be discovered, the cave was a great option. If, if they desired not to be overtaken by their foe or annihilated, then the cave, that most secretive, most, most, most obscure spot, was the best of options for these five kings. But the problem in the matter is this. The Bible says that Joshua received some intel about these five kings that were hiding somewhere in a cave. Folks, I want you to understand tonight that these were five kings. And you've heard pastor preach and teach more than once that where there is a king, there's a kingdom. Hmm. Where there's a king, there is a kingdom. So this is more than just five individuals that's hunkered down in the most secretive spot that is to the then known world. These are five kingdoms. 
These are five kingdoms that are tucked away that are in opposition to Israel. And by virtue of being in opposition to Israel, they are in opposition to God. They are in opposition to everything that God represents, who he is, what he is. And they're saying the best place we can go to be secretive and not found is hunker down over here in a cave. If we can get to a cave, perhaps Israel will never know we're there. If we can get to this secretive spot, perhaps Joshua will not know we're there. Perhaps we'll go undetected by anybody if we can find the most secretive spot of our age, and that's the cave. Someone just say hallelujah. Whenever I begin reading about these five particular kings and I read about where they're from, there's something that begins to trickle down into my spirit concerning these men and that these men represented something more, amen, than just the places they were from, but there was something else, maybe perhaps a little deeper matter in their representation. The Bible says that the king of Jerusalem was among them. We know Jerusalem to mean the city of peace. We know it is the city of the restful city or the home of rest it is it is the city of peace the city of rest the, the city of comfort the city if you will of just just relaxation the city of no commotion it's the city of Jerusalem amen he says this king this king that represents rest that that represents if you will just be uncomfortable just be uncomfortable he says if I am going to start a battle against God and against his people amen and I want to go undetected I'm going to get in the most secretive spot folks and I, I'm trying not to I, I want to lead you along but I don't have I can't preach an hour tonight my voice won't let me I'd literally love to but my voice just won't let me tonight what I'm saying here is we got a setup a mirroring if you will of an Old Testament story for a New Testament dilemma and what that is is this there are things that's against the kingdom of God kingdoms against the kingdom of God and God's people and they're desiring to find a place of secrecy in your life and in my life to stake out to go undetected somebody's not understanding me tonight amen some of you are contending perhaps with things or with things even presently in the past or even right now amen that's wishing if you will to overpower you to take advantage of you and the way that it's been able to do that is that it's went off over here in a most secretive spot and area of your life it's there undetected if you will by anybody but whenever it wants to as long as it's in the cave and it's the cave's not shut up it can come out at will it it can come out at will and do what it does the king of Jerusalem the king of rest the king of being comfortable the king of being comfortable was over there in the cave. He says, I'm in a secret spot. Amen. Everything can be going well, but then I cause an old spirit of comfort and lackadaisical spirit. Amen. To come upon that spirit that says, I'm just going to prop my arms on the, and don't get me wrong, I'm just going to prop my arms on the back of the pew. I'm just going to just sit back in here, let the preacher preach, let it tickle my ears. That old spirit of comfort, finding that most secret spot in the church and in the life and the individuals of the church wanting to go undetected (laughs) 
Someone say amen. And so there's this king of Jerusalem over there. We have have the king of Hebron over there. His Hebron means conjunction. It means joining. It means alliance. If you will, the king of Hebron, that junction, that conjunction, that alliance, the king of compromise. Someone hear me? The king of the joining of alliance, which was usually false, that compromise was over there in the cave in that place of secrecy. There's the king of Jarmuth that is over there. It means high. It means lifted up. There was that old prideful Jarmuth that's over there in the secrecy, wanting to be undetected. (laughs) But if there's nothing shut over the cave's mouth, every once in a while, pride shows up. The very thing that caused the fall of Satan himself. I will be most like the most high. I'll ascend into the heavens and beat the very thing that caused Satan to fall himself. He wants to show up in that kingdom. Wants to show up and take dominance in God's kingdom and God's people. Someone say amen. Then old Lachish, the king of Lachish shows up. Amen. Lachish means hard to capture. Almost out of reach. The old spirit of stubbornness. The old spirit of rebellion. Now, look, folks, these kings ain't staying on the battlefield. No, they're going to go in the undetected area of your life. They're going to go into an undetected area of your life. That the king of Eglon, the Bible says, which pertains to a calf, which was a representative of all the idolatry. False gods. False idols. You can name them what you want to name them for today's generation. But all five of these kings are hunkered down in the cave, undetected, the most secretive spot, so that if needful or necessary, they can come back out because, see, they are all kings. And kings of that day marshaled armies. Kings of that day, if he just get a few followers, he can make himself another kingdom. Kings of that day have rule and power and domain. Nobody makes the laws but the king. We have these kings showing up intermittently in our life. They come as we leave the the cave unguarded. They come and they start demanding this of us and that of us of our individual lives. They make laws that we, we just bow to and bend to in our individual lives. They are there taking advantage of us. Whenever the dust has cleared, they'll come back out. They'll marshal another army and they'll command their kingdom to have onslaught against God's people and the people of God themselves. They are constantly there. They're wanting to go bishop undetected. They want us to sit on a church pew while they're over there in a cave. They want us to lift hands of worship while they're over in a cave. They're not going to rock the boat right now, but when the opportunity is to their advantage, they're going to come out of the cave and they're going to bring pride and frustration, addiction, and all the other things that God people deals with. Someone say amen. But the problem arose. When Joshua got word that these five kings or five kingdoms were over in this secretive and detectable spot of the cave. He says, I tell you what we're going to do, boys. I'm going to take some soldiers. We're going to roll a stone upon the mouth of this cave. And you guys are going to keep watch. And he says, the rest of the army of God, you're going to go forward. 
because some of the armies of these kingdoms are still out there and I want you to attack the back of them attack the rear guard in other words there's some of these armies these kings got out there and they're still having influence because they're still holding rank they're in a cave a stone's upon them but their armies are still holding rank let me tell you something just because you think you have something trapped does not mean you have somehow cut off its influence. Josh says, we're going to trap these. We're going to roll a stone up on this. And I want you to keep watch. Well, let me tell you, I hope they're better than the, than the guards that watch the tomb of Jesus. Because the tendency of man is this. Even in the church, he has a hard time keeping his eyes open. I know that right. Have a hard time keeping his eyes open. Amen. Not always keeping a watch. Not always being alert. And so they're going to go fight their battle just as Joshua said they would. They would be victorious. They would totally take care of all these armies. And that's great and that's fine and that's commendable. But the problem, the matter is the royalty, the leader is still in the cave. The leader, the ringleader. The king is still in the cave. You take away everybody. And a king has the ability of somehow gathering people. He has the ability of formating another army. He has the ability, if you will, of making some laws and commanding people and influencing and having the right just charisma. Having the right charisma. So you take everybody you want to take, but if the king is alive in the cave, that this morning turn my mic off like three times if the king is alive in the cave folks you still got a problem so Joshua says we've already taken care of everybody out here on the field we've already taken care of their armies but let's go back to where the kings are and he says boys have you been keeping watch have your eyes been open nothing's entered or leaved has it no, no, nobody's escaped have they he says unroll the stone away and you bring these kings out here and he says I tell you what we're going to do we're going to subject them to the greatest form of mercy and humiliation that's possible lay down come here you look like a king lay down Pride, lay down lust, lay down lackadaisical spirit, lay down comfort, <laughs> lay down. Look, Joshua is not the one that's standing over here doing about what he's about ready to do. He gets a captain, a lower rank captain. He says, you come over here, boy. You come over here, boy. You put your foot upon his neck. He's been living undetected. He's been living in the secrecy of our camp. He's been living undetected in your lives. He says, I want you to know what it feels like to have your foot. There's some people in this house tonight that there are things in your life that have come and went out of the secret spots of your life. That's come and went out of those places of obscurity in your life. And God is wanting to turn the tables in your life tonight. Amen. He doesn't want that thing just with an open door policy in some secret area of your life. He is commissioning you wherever your rank is in the army of God to go over to whatever's been intimidating you, controlling you, dictating your life, acting like a kingdom in opposition to your kingdom. He wants you to go 
go over and put your foot on the neck of what has had its foot upon I'm sorry sir See, some of you have been playing the one that's bound. Some of you have been playing the one that's been on the ground and the adversary's just put his, his foot on your neck and put almost squeezed the life out of you. Joshua says, we're going to change the tables today. That which is over our head, we're going to put it under our feet. We're, I would, you see how that feels? Pride, you've been showing up, you've been, you've been coming, you've been retreating. But look, boys, how does that feel? All of a sudden, you get a lackadaisical spirit upon you, and you're like, man, the where in the world that? I tell you where it came from. It came from that open cave in your life. God says, why don't you just turn this thing around and put your foot on that and see how that feels? Someone say amen. amen. He got those five. You stay right there. Got those five kings out there. Can, listen. This is royalty. This is power. This is the epitome of cloud and prestige. Lying on the ground. With a lesser rank authority. With its foot on their neck. This is just not a king. This is the representation of a kingdom. Honey, we fight not flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. I'm here to tell you, it's just not a king we have laying here. We have a kingdom that's in opposition. Somebody needs to put their foot right there and see what that feels like tonight. But what are you going to do? Are you going to get the satisfaction of a moment of having your foot on the neck of that king and what it represents just to remove it, let him stand back up and usher him back over into that place of secrecy in your life? Are you going to have that Sunday night service? Or that conference that you go to whenever you ring the bell because it felt like you had your foot on what has had its foot on you. Amen. And you're after all of the dust settles and the last note has been sung and the last piano key's been struck. You're going to pick them up and usher them back over to that undetected area of your life. No, 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 no. He says, I want you to see how this, and you know you know what he said? I said, I want you guys to see how this feels. Because we're not done with our fighting here in the promised land. Our conquest is not over. This is not the last enemies. This is the last, not the last, this is not the last battle. This is not our last war. He says, but you see how that feels? Huh? Let me look at it in scripture. I don't want to misrepresent God's word. He says, you see how all of that feels right there? He says, feel that. Look, 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 look. Look at the scripture. And Joshua said, verse 25, and Joshua said unto them, fear not, nor be dismayed, be strong and of good courage, for thus shall the Lord do to all your enemies against whom ye fight. I had to read it. He says, you see how that feels? Every other enemy that we approach 
are going to be as they are. Now look, he says, God's going to do the same thing to every enemy for whom ye, someone say it loud. He said, I'll place, I'll set it, I'll set it up where you can place your foot on their neck. If you'll, if you'll confirm to me, show me that you'll fight. He's saying God's not doing this for the ones that throw in the town and go home. God's not doing this for the ones that takes one down and then puts his sword and his shield upon the wall in his tent. God's doing this for the fighters. God's doing... God's doing this for the fighters. He's not doing it for the one that says, well, I've had my day. No, no, your day's not over, sir. Your day's not over, ma'am. I don't care if five have fell under your feet. This fight's not over. This battle's not over. The last adversary's not been laid in the dust. God will do it for you if you'll fight for him. You doing all right, King? Hate to tell you, but your crown's a little upsided right now, laying on the ground like that. Your dignified clothing is a little bit in disarray, laying down like that. How does it feel? Let my sweat drip off my face into your eyes. How does it feel? Gets the five kings' kingdoms' royalty up. Pride and the, the comfort and all these representations. He gets all of these up. He says, we can't, we can't allow them to live in the cave. We can't allow them. Let me state it like this. We can't allow them in the cave in a state of living. Let's kill them. Someone say amen. Let's Kill them. Bible says, everybody doing okay? Just checking out the time there. Now everybody else is going to too. It is evident that Joshua and his army had been conquerors. Armies are annihilated. The kings are underneath the feet of lesser degree warriors. They have been, hands down, by all definitions of the word, conquerors. But the Apostle Paul spoke in the New Testament to the Roman church of Romans 8.37 that you could be more than a conqueror. Huh? Shoo. Conquerors overpower their foe. Conquerors defeat their foe. Conquerors are the ones that standing on the mountain with their flag planted in the ground at the end of the day. But you become more than a conqueror. When you subject your adversary, not just to defeat, but to termination. That's the reason why we all times talk about David and Goliath and he slung that stone, Sister Tosh, and hit Goliath right there. You know, he fell to the ground. Everybody, yeah, at that point in time, David was a conqueror. 
But he became more than a conqueror when he went up to Goliath and took his sword. Oh, yeah, he said, man, he's ready. My God, go down, Goliath. This is great. Get on the ground, Goliath. You're down. I didn't even ask for it, but this is great. My God. Do you know the anointing's moving when people just volunteer? He's down. David's a conqueror. Man, we could have went home. But David became more than a conqueror when he grabbed the sword of Goliath and then he cut off Goliath's own head because what he did right then, you can knock something down, but it can get back up. You can knock something down. You put something in a cave, but it can come out. You knock something down, but it can get back up. But honey, what happened there and what happened there, in both instances, they said, we're not satisfied just to be conquerors. We're going to be more than conquerors. We're not going to allow a place, a position, a crevice for this thing to re-enter our life, for this thing to give us any more trouble, for this thing to give us any more dismay. We're going to be, everybody say more, more than a conqueror. Goliath, you can get up. You're dead, but you can get up. So they start going through there. They're, they are they are taking care of business. They are slaying all these different kings and these representations. Amen. All these different representations. They're slain. And then Joshua strings them up on trees. They're already dead. Already dead. But he strings them up on the trees. Not for Joshua's purpose but for the purpose of every other adversary that was around. To basically declare to them, as it was done to them, so it shall be. So it shall be to you. And even if you're camping out in the cave, we're going to find you. We're going to hunt you down. We're going to trap you. We're going to humiliate you. And then we're going to kill you. He just wants everything to know. We're going to do this very same thing to you. Brother Dan, you can get up. Try to keep track of time here. So when we talk about various things, we talk about kings, we talk about kingdoms, we talk about lackadaisical spirits, we talk about spirits of compromise, we talk about, if you will, pride, and we talk about stubbornness and rebellion, we talk about uh, 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 the, the ability, Eglon meaning a calf, or the ability of all these different idols, and you can start naming the things in your own life. Uh, that different king that could be in your life, it may be a substance, it may be alcohol, or it may be tobacco, or, or it, it could be, if you will, uh, these illicit relationships, uh, uh, sleeping around and fornicating and adultering. It might be marijuana it could be cocaine it could be a variety of different things it's staying there undetected if you will in an obscure place in your life it comes out it haunts you it controls you it dictates to you I ain't gonna preach much longer the phraseology that we use today is this well you know we have a skeleton in the closet what that means is that there's something in our life more particularly in your past that could very well strike a note of guilt or shame. You're not necessarily proud of it, even that you may even think that if other people find out about, they'll have a different perception or a different perspective of you. That skeleton in the closet, that undisclosed fact about you that if someone hears of, understands, they might have a different perception of you. Some of us are just like abhorred over the fact, what if somebody knows? 
about when, back then, that this occurred or that I did this. Whenever the day was done, Brother Bob Gross, in that setting, and they took those bodies and they put them in that cave, and time would pass by and the worms and the bugs would do their doing, you know all that was left in the cave when it was all said and done? Just a skeleton. But I guarantee you that they were in a much better position to show somebody the skeleton in their cave than a living king. Big deal. You used to drink alcohol and throw your guts up and sit at the bar. Big deal. That's a whole lot better than that coming out every once in a while and you finding yourself at the bar. Big deal. If you used to be addicted to tobacco and you used to have so many packs a day or you flirted around with marijuana and you had hits here and there and did all this stuff. Big deal. That's just a skeleton. That's a whole lot better than a living dilemma in your life today. Big deal. Big deal if you used to find yourself in a bed of fornication and used to sleep around with that one and that one you never had a founded relationship. That's a whole lot better than tripping up and have a living prostitute today. I'd rather have a skeleton in the closet than a living king in my cave, than a living undetected king in the secrecy of my life. Someone say it. Don't you worry about the skeleton. You know what the skeleton says? You know what the skeleton says? All it is is a testimony to what used to be living there. A skeleton is nothing more but a testimony to something that used to live there. Honey, I would be a whole lot more satisfied a skeleton in my closet than a living body in my cave. God has the ability tonight to parade those kings out of your life, lay the sword to them, have you put your foot upon them and live victorious, not with a living king in your cave, but a dead skeleton from this night forward. If you're afraid of the skeleton, you need to be afraid of the king. You need to be afraid of the power. You need to be afraid of the kingdom that's taken up residence in the secret areas of your life. That's what you should be afraid of. That's what should gnaw at your brain as you go to sleep that night. You should be afraid of the living king. But any living king can become an old skeleton if you'll just do what you need to do. Musicians come. Someone say amen. Why in the world do you think Joshua did everything that he did? I'll tell you why. Because Joshua wasn't satisfied nor comfortable with just having those kings incarcerated. He wasn't comfortable or just satisfied with a stone being rolled over the door. He wasn't comfortable or satisfied just with his boys having their foot up on their necks. That wasn't good enough. He says, whenever this day is over, i got to make sure there's a skeleton in that cave rather than a king. Because let me tell you, you can only have one king in your life. 
You only have one king in your life. You cannot be of two kingdoms. You cannot de- dare to declare the lordship and the master of two kings. You can only have one king in your life. And if you got a king in the cave, then that's your king. That's your king. But whenever the king dies, you can say all you want to. Well, this is where the king's buried. Let me tell you, that no longer exists. That title, that obligation, that perk no longer exists. I don't care you say, well, this is where a king is buried. No, those are the bones. Those are the skeletons. There's somebody else that's already taken that place. That's the bones, the skeletons of where a king was. There's a whole lot more here that we could dig around almost like archaeologists and uncover tonight. First recognition is this. There's something lurking in a very secretive spot in my life. There's something lurking in a very undetected area of my life. It's alive. It's alive. It wishes to influence. It wishes to dictate my life. You need to trap it. You need to set watchers over it. But don't finish there. You need to take it out at the appropriate time. Put your foot upon it. If we can say it in modern day lingo, show it who's boss. And then end it. And parade it up. There's a certain amount of confidence that need to be in God's people. You need to parade it up just as a declaration. This is what happened. This is what happened to the hidden powers and kingdoms and kings in my life. And this is what's going to happen to anything else that wishes to somehow foot around with me. And when you leave, you're going to have a bunch of skeletons in your closets. But you're not going to have any kings in your cave. Only one king in your life. And it's the Lord Jesus Christ. If you can stand with me here this evening. I'd rather have a skeleton in the closet than a king in a cave. Someone say amen. <laughs> God's going to do for you all these things against your enemies for those who just fight for it. I think there might be some people here if we just bow our heads in this place, close our eyes. There could be some people here this evening that just through the short little discourse of this sermon tonight, I said, Brother McGee, I can identify with that. There are some rulers in my life. There's some rulers in my life. They set up kingdoms. They've set up domains. They've marshaled armies in my life. They attack me from day to day. They come out of their places of obscurity. They come out of their places where they're normally not detected. And they rear their head in my life. When, whenever I'm just about ready to make an advance for God, they, they come out and they, they intimidate me and they incarcerate me. And they, 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 they make me afraid and fearful. I got, I got some kings in a cave in my life. Sir or ma'am, if that's you tonight, let's parade them out just one last time. And let's cause them to lay down on the ground. And you put your foot on that thing. 
You put your foot on that addiction. You put your foot on that hang up. You put your foot upon that bad relationship. Whatever. You put your foot on that. And you make it there, lie there at your mercy. And then you don't stop there. You become more than a conqueror. You, you become more than just overcoming and defeating. Why don't you cut its head off tonight? Why don't you cut its head off tonight? Why don't you just turn that into a skeleton in your closet rather than a king in your cave? These altars are open tonight. Come on, sir. Come on, man. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.